calls us to live as a question mark, but God help us to live as an exclamation point. Bless this night. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you'll travel to 2 Corinthians, and we're talking about um, our position in Christ. If you could raise your hand and you could say, Pastor, I'm a believer. Pastor, I know Christ as my personal Savior. Then it is very important that you know what your standing is in Christ. That is what discipleship is all about. That is not a bad word. That is a good word. Because when you and I are educated, here's who I am. Here's my identity. You know, from the father in a home, that's where a child gets their identity. From the mother in the home, that's where they get their love. Same thing is true in the Christian life. When you and I can combine two things, who am I? What, what, what are my boundaries? What, what, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And we combine that with the love of Christ, then you and I are going to find out that it changes who you are. You no longer walk around with a trepidation about you, a, a kind of I'm holding back. No, open that thing wide up for the Lord Jesus Christ and let's live for the Lord. We ended last week's Bible study in 1 Corinthians, if you will. I am so sorry. We ended last week's Bible study in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And that's where I want you to go. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And while you're making your way over there, we talked about up to this point what we were before Christ. Uh, you were not evolving into going to hell. You were declared you're a sinner. That is very important that everybody understands that. You didn't start out good. You didn't start out good. Did you hear that? I didn't start out good. I started out bad. I started out on my way because of the fact John chapter 3, 16, 17, and 18 tells us that we were condemned already. So the Lord didn't come in to save righteous people, for the Son of Man come not come seeking to save that which was what? Lost. He didn't come to call the righteous. So you and I sit here, and we have in us. So what were we before Christ? We were condemned. Then at the point of faith, what were we? We were justified. That is a declaration. That is you were declared righteous. And that's a beautiful term. You were declared. God's not waiting to declare, watching how you're going to behave. No, you're declared. And, and my favorite verse, not my life verse, and you probably can quote Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners. It is overwhelming to me how that a God knew what I was going to do and he still loved me enough to send his son to die on the cross. I mean, how many relationships have broken apart when all of a sudden something's discovered? How many people in your life has walked away from you and all of a sudden they discovered a flaw about you? You know, I, I don't want to be around not so. Not so with the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved us so much. So the moment you put your faith in that, he declares you righteous. You are now justified. But sanctification, that's what we're going to talk about. Sanctification is the process of the Christ that lives in you coming out in your life. That is all sanctification is. You are not yet sanctified. You are not yet fully, fully exhibiting Christ in your life. If I were to ask you today, did you blow it at some point today to where you did, said, acted, and, and Christ wouldn't have acted that way? I mean, yesterday, 
How were you? Is there something, you know, I had to apologize because Christ wouldn't act that way. So sanctification, sanctification is the declaration. Uh, excuse me, justification is the declaration. Sanctification is the process of Christ coming out in your life. We ended in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 14. If you look at it, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? So you've just seen here, and in my study Bible, and I'm going to do it in my notes right now, I underlined these words, the word yoked, the word fellowship, the word communion, the word concord, the word part, and the word agreement. These are all words that tell us that now we are involved in this. Would you please look at what he says in verse number 17? Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and what? Touch not the unclean thing. So when you contextually take it back then, those words yoked, you're touching. Fellowship, you're touching. Communion, you're touching. Concord, you're touching. Part, you're touching agreement you're touching so God is saying Ben I hate to do this to you because you knew it was coming we have to pick up where we left off last week are you okay come on Ben and Zach come on here we go and so I'm going to give you your your uh, your uh, hymn book put up next to that your that's your come on now you're just you're just that kind of worldly guy and this is going to represent everybody that's a believer I am going to represent God it's the only choice up here I'm going to represent God and guess what? The moment we become his through salvation, we are declared part of this family. He then becomes our father. But know this, God's a holy God. Did you hear that? God is a holy God. And where you are declared righteous, now God says, now let that righteousness come out in your life. Let it come out in your mouth. Let it come out in your hands. Let it come out in your walk. Let it come out on your Facebook. Oh, did I just say that? Uh, let it come out on your social media account. Let it come out in your room. Let it come out in your stereo in your car and what's on your iTunes and what's on your Apple. Listen to this, because if anything in your life and anything in my life is in part agreement, yoked, concord, fellowship with anything that is of darkness, then you cannot have the relationship with God that you want sanctification is when you are fulfilling the purpose of who you are uh, we use this illustration the makers of that pen declared it a pen now like we talked about last night that pen can be used to hold to hold my last Wednesday night to hold my place in the Bible that pen can be used for a hundred other things clean your ear that, that, that pen can be used for like a thousand different things. But what did the maker of that pen want that pen to do? It wanted that pen to what? To write. Now understand that if I say, well, you know, that pen, that pen is not doing bad. But is that pen fulfilling its purpose by lying right there? No. No. That's where the Lord said, I want you to come out from among them. Because look at verse number 18. 
and will be. So he said this, touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you and will be a what? Father. Did it say Savior? No, he's already your Savior. But he wants that close relationship of being a what? Father. Now, last week when I ended, I left it at this all or nothing perfected state. So God will not interact with Belial. He will not fellowship with darkness. John, first John says in him is light and in him is no darkness God is light and in him is no darkness at all and so a lot of people they misinterpret their eternal standing with their present day earthly relationship because of their sanctification you see if you join Christ and he is your father and then you decide to concord part take yoke or whatever with with Belial and with darkness over here and if you expect your God to keep a close relationship with you he is your father he is your savior but my friend there will there cannot be closeness there cannot be closeness and the problem with most of us Christians is this the frustration watch this is always this I don't feel close with God well God hasn't moved. Sanctification is not a focus on the world and how close you need to, how far you need to stay away from that. Sanctification is total focus on God and wanting a relationship with Him to the point that the world is not what you want. Sanctification is not when God comes to your world. Sanctification is when you come to God's world and you come out from among them now understand it doesn't mean that you're not supposed to have friends at work at school in the neighborhood doesn't mean that it does mean this that when your fellowship and your yoking because look look what it says what, what verse 14 be not equally yoked together with unbelievers for and then it qualifies it for what please fellowship hath righteousness with what unrighteousness it, it, it is not the fact they're unbelievers it is the fact that you go to their parties and you interact with their darkness at the point that all of a sudden you my friend have to become unsanctified you have to lose part of that holiness in your life then it's at that point what are you doing and so now the frustration is this. Sometimes I'm close to God. Sometimes I'm not close to God. Pastor, what is going on? Well, the problem, the thing that's going on is that your sanctification is being developed. You are maturing in your holiness. See, sanctification, thank you guys. Thank you, thank you. you have a seat. Sanctification is nothing more than this, the process of becoming more like God on this earth. You will never be without sin. But the Bible is very clear that sin does not reign in your mortal bodies. You can get to a point to where it's not raining. It's not raining. Christ is raining. Now, now listen, we are up, we are down. We are in, we are out. And all of a sudden, if somebody caught us at the bad time of our life, they would say, well, well you, there's no way you can be saved. You can judge my sanctification by my behavior, but listen to this, you cannot judge my justification. 
because the only one person knows if I'm saved, and that's me, two people, me and the Lord. I know what I did when I put my faith in him. And the later you get saved in life, the more baggage you have picked up and the more habits you have to overcome. That's why we have church. We have church to help people become more like the Lord. Because when you become, you and I become more like the Lord, but there is this frustration. So let me give you several things that I think will help you. Go to Galatians chapter 4, if you will. So what is your position in Christ? Your position in Christ is you are justified if you have trusted him. He, you, your sins have been covered with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And when God looks at you, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now as we live on this earth, we must let that Christ that lives in us start coming out in our daily walk. You know, there are some words that Christians use that there's no way Christ would use that word. There's no way. And I'm shocked at preachers that stand behind the pulpit and use crash, lewd words that should never be used. And then they say, well, you know, it's in the Bible. Let me tell you something. You and I are to act like the Lord. We're, we're, we're to be holier. And so you look here because here's the frustration. So let me help you just with your Christian life. Look at Galatians 4.16. If you're taking notes, write this down. Sanctification is a process of becoming more like Christ. Sanctification is a process of becoming more like Christ. I, I hope today I was more like Christ than I was yesterday. But there is this, why can't I get there? Listen, the reason why you can't get there is because you're on the journey. You've not arrived at the destination. It's a journey. Look at Galatians 4.16. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? That's a good husband verse right there. Verse 17. They zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, they would exclude you that ye might affect them. But it is a good, but it, it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing. And not only when I am present with you, my little what, please, children, of whom I travail in birth, what, again, until Christ be what, please, formed where? In you. This is sanctification. There is this travail. There is this maturation process. There is this maturity. Listen, we all are little children. Please do not say, well, I've been saved this long, and, I, and, and I've been doing it this long, and my daddy was in church, my grandmother was in church, all my family's been in church. It doesn't matter. You're still a little child, and you still have to mature. And there is this travail. My sanctification is a fight at times. It is a journey at times. It is some days I do good. Some days I do bad. Straighten up your halo because I'm not the only one. All of us. Somebody agree with me. How many agree? I'm, I'm in the boat with you, Pastor. I'm, I'm sinking with you. Boy, I feel like I'm a terrible Christian right now. I feel like I'm going to get voted out Sunday. Y'all listen to this. Everybody's that way. And so guess what? It's a travail. In fact, Paul was an expert at travail with the people around him. If you will, go to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. We're going to look at a lot of verses now. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 18. He said this. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 18. This charge I commit unto thee. Would you please tell me 
the next two words. This charge I commit unto thee, 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge I commit unto thee, son, Timothy. Son, Timothy. And then what was his charge? Look at it. According to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou mightest war a good what, please? Warfare. Holding, verse number 19, holding faith and a good conscience, which some have put away concerning faith, have made what? Shipwreck. Of whom Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to what? Blaspheme. Y'all, do you have any idea what he's just said here? Son Timothy, look at me. I've met a lot of people that they did not allow their sanctification to continue and they didn't work at it they didn't fight for it listen it's a fight to let the holiness of God that lives on the inside of you come out in your daily life if you think it's not a fight my soul if any believer said no 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 the easiest thing I've ever done is live for the Lord Jesus Christ that's that you know what he said listen Timothy you better become a good soldier and this is good warfare you better hold the faith in good conscience because there's a segment that have walked away from the faith this becoming more like Christ. This, this is a fight. And that's why Paul said, look, look, I'm travailing in birth all over again so that Christ might be formed in you. And, 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 and all of us, all of us struggle every day not to say something that would dishonor the Lord. But how many times has it just come out your mouth and it's fallen at your feet and then it grows legs and starts running from you and you try to, and you're, and you're tackling it as, and you just can't, get, and finally, what, what, I give up, I give up, whatever, I don't care anymore because we're, I, I've never gotten that many grins, your, your minds are cartoonish. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1. So he knew this with Timothy. So understand that when you read passages like this, don't automatically run and say, well, see, they weren't saved. They weren't saved because if you're saved, there is no... No, no, no. Listen to this. You have the power on the inside, but just like Christ did not force you to get saved, Christ will not force you to use his power to overcome. It's sanctification. It's this process. And everybody must understand this process gets frustrating. Second. Also, thou therefore endure, endure hardness as a what? Good soldier of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. That is why our government takes care of our soldiers when they're on the field. Because they know you, you can't be worried about your light bill. You can't be worried if your wife has money. So we'll take care of this back here. We'll take care of all your needs here. Why? Because you've got a battle to fight. And all of a sudden, sanctification is this. Sanctification is where you turn and you're like, I want Christ to come out of my life. I cannot, ha I cannot be concerned with the petty things. 
Do you know the people that you and I respect that we, they're godly, they're holy, they, they are just angelic, if you will? Try gossiping to them and see what they say. Try doing bad around them and see what they do. There's almost this Stay from the world. I mean, I mean, how, 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 you know, how far do I have to get away from the world? And this is where pride comes in. You know what sanctification is? How holy is our God? I want to be more like him. It is not I want to be less like the world. I want to be more like the Lord. And by default, being more like the Lord, guess what you'll automatically be? Less like the world. So there is this sanctification. So, so understand that this is a process. Go to Philemon chapter 3. There's not one. Philemon. Look at verse number 8. Look at verse number 8. So part of this is, Pastor, I'm trying to let Christ come out in my life. I'm trying to be more of a Christian. I'm trying to be holiness. I'm trying to get this holiness thing down, but I'm frustrated. Understand, it's a process. Just like little children have to grow. Listen to this. And there is no expectation by a parent for a two-year-old. Brother brother Bartell, there was no expectation for Bradley to walk back to that seat on his own. If I would have put him down, say, okay, go back to your parents, go back to your parents. He not yet has the skill to do that, right? How, how insane would it have been to me? Well, you're really not alive because you can't. He's alive. And we're children. And that's why this process. And so look at, look at. Five. Enjoin thee that, that which is convenient. Look at verse 9. Yet for love's sake, I'd rather beseech thee. Being such and one as Paul the aged, now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He's writing to Philemon. Look what he says here. I beseech thee for my son, what please? Onesimus, of whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in times past was to thee, what? Unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have said again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels. So look what he says here whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind I would do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. What he is saying here, look at verse 10, whom I have begotten in my what? Bonds. So what he is saying is, hey, here's Onesimus. He is justified and now he's starting to become sanctified. And I can tell you, more of Christ has come out in his life that now he's profitable to you. This is part of sanctification. So the, it's a process. Go back to Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 19. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19. So when you are trying to let Christ come out in your life, listen, 
it's okay. I'm going to show you something here in just a moment. It's okay. Because I don't see the end result. You have to know this. That you cannot get discouraged with people around you that are saved, but they are not yet sanctified, and they're not growing at the rate you want them to grow. That's why everybody has to take a snapshot of where they're at right now and understand this is not what they're going to look like. How many do not look like your baby picture? How many hope that you're going to outgrow what you look like right now? Okay, so, so this is sanctification. So even as a Christian, you may sit here and you go, but I've been saved for 20 years. You think I should get this right? Listen, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. We're going to look at it here in just a moment because Christ is being formed in you. He said, well, pastor, you never struggle with the things I struggle with. I don't. My wife does. I don't. And so Christ being, this is not my day. This has just not been my week. So my little children, look at Galatians 4.19, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until what? Christ be formed in you. This, this morphing that takes place, this where the old man is going away and now Christ is coming out and it is possible. But listen, it's a process. You say, but pastor, today wasn't a good day. That's why his mercies are new every day. Get up and hit it again tomorrow. You say, but pastor, you know, my wife and I did not have a good conversation coming to church. But when you get out of that car, you have to turn it on and be Christian. And pastor, if you'll preach for another two hours, that way I don't have to get back in the car with her. Or give me a chance to to call Uber to come pick me up at Emmanuel Baptist Church. (laughs) It's called sanctification. And I love it when Miss Kelly and I get to go do marriage seminars because I feel like the biggest hypocrite ever. Because you show up, you're like, okay, you do this and this will work in your marriage, and do this and you'll work in your marriage. And I never look at her when we're doing marriage seminars because I'm like, I know what she's saying. She's like, mm-hmm, when are you going to start that in our marriage? And when are you going to start that in our marriage? And when are you going to become like that in our marriage? And it's sanctification. We're all trying to get where we want to be. And so you and I cannot look at a bad day any other way than this. You know, it didn't quite go well. What I was trying. How many has ever tried to explain yourself? And the more you try to explain yourself, the more you're digging a hole, and the more you are just like. And then you get to that point where you're like, "I'm done." Okay. And then don't you love it when you're done, and somebody says, "No, no, 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 keep talking." You're like, "No, no, <laughs> I'm done." So sanctification is a process. Now, want you write this statement down. Sanctification's biggest enemy is the flesh sanctification's biggest enemy is the flesh if you will go to first thessalonians chapter 4 in verse number 4 remember we're trying to become more like christ so when we try to become more like christ always remember it's a process you're not always going to be like christ every day but boy am i working toward it i'm just working toward it I, I, everything he's done for me, I want to be more like him. So, so the biggest hindrance, look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 4. That every one of you, in fact, back up to verse number 3. Let's keep it in context. Back up to verse number 3. And we will keep it within its grammatical structure here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3. For this is the will of God, even your what, please? Sanctification. And then that ye should abstain from what? fornication so all of a sudden he said now look you got to keep getting holier but in getting holier understand 
that part of getting holy or staying away from the flesh. Look at it, verse 4, that every one of you should know how to, what, possess his vessel in what, sanctification and honor. Would you circle the word possess, and it literally means I've mastered it. I've mastered it. Thomas is here with us tonight, and, uh, and I told Thomas and, and Alexis, I said, uh, uh, he was telling me what he, what he does there, and, and that, that how it's like almost second nature to him, and, and, uh, and, I, and I'm sitting here amazed uh, because... Um, I'm like, I wish I had that ability to do that kind of stuff. Me, I've got to look at it, work at it. But there are skills that God has blessed, like he has Thomas, that he has blessed you men to where it's like, yep. And then some of you have been doing it for so long that you can call yourself, I am a master electrician. I am a master, like Brother Hicks, welder. I am a master carpenter. What it means is you have mastered this. Do you know what he's saying here? Look at verse 4. And that every one of you should know how to possess, how to master. Now, now that's, that's hard. And look what he says. Keep going. Verse 5. Not in the lust of concupience. What he's saying is don't become a master on the dark side. Become a master on God's side. But becoming a master, brother, brother Hicks, you're a master welder, okay? And um, how long, how many, how many pieces of metal have you messed up in your life? Thousands. You know what makes him a master? Is the fact he went, no, oh, that didn't go right. And guess what he did? He took his helmet off, threw it down, he threw his gloves off, and he just, just no, no. Get another piece of metal because we're going to get this thing done. And part of being a good soldier is in your Christian life, at some point you have to go, no, 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 no. I'm not rolling over and playing dead. I am not playing dead. I'm getting up and I'm mastering this. And if I have to say I'm sorry a thousand times, and if I have to come, I'm mastering this. I am going to do this. I'm going to be like Christ. And so understand that the frustration, your, your biggest enemy is the flesh because God tells us, master your vessel in sanctification and honor what happens when you're you don't master it what happens when you are we're coming to the end of the bible state what happens when you're like i'm trying pastor i'm really trying i'm trying for christ to come out but i blew that one i mean i I blew that so what starts to happen to us go to romans chapter 7 Romans chapter 7. Paul knew what he was talking about because he started remember, talking about sanctification, becoming like Christ. And some days you look like Christ. Some days you don't look like Christ. Some days you look like them. Some days you don't. But this is this process all of us are trying to do. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. What shall we say then is the law of sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known law, but by sin, but by the law. Romans 7, 7. For I had not known lust, except the law has said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupience. There's that word again. For without the law, sin was dead. And then you go all the way down in the tongue twister of the Bible, verse 13. Are you there? Excuse me. Go all the way down to verse 15. Here it is. Here's the frustration. Ready? For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, I, that do I do not. But what I hate, that I do. I, and then if I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that is good. Now there's no more that I do of the sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I might not. There, there is that. I practice that, by the way. There is 
this overwhelming I tried and I failed, but I really want you to know I really don't want to do that, but I keep doing that and the thing I should do. That's what I don't even do and the thing I shouldn't do. I'm always doing that. And then go all the way down to verse number 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. How many, don't raise your hand, uh, uh, raise your hand because people think we're a good church. Um, How many have ever come to that point to where you were like, I give up? I give up because I've tried and I just don't know what else to do. This is the frustration. And do you know how many Christians at this point go, I'm done, I'm done. I'm not even going to try anymore. I'm not even going to try. And a pastor's job is to let everybody know at the height of your struggle is your maturity. It's not, when, when I see young people start to struggle and they don't do what they should do and then the things they shouldn't do, that's what they're doing. And then you talk to them and they go, I know, I know, I know, I know. Do you know what I know about that young person and that Christian right there? They're growing and they don't even know it. How many have young people in your family that are growing so fast that you cannot keep them in clothes? And how many times a growth spurt, someone will come in and say, ah, my bones hurt. Man, do you know what that is telling you? They're growing. They're growing. So understand, we're all growing. And so the biggest hindrance is the flesh. But now let's talk about how do we do this. The key is found at the end of this chapter. Are you ready? Look at it. Paul gave us the key. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Who are we in Christ? We are justified. We are being sanctified. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the what, please? Mind. Listen to this. It is what's going on in your mind that puts you on the road to becoming more like Christ. What's going on up here? If, if you will... If you will saturate this mind, this is where you serve the Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy what, please? Mind. And then it talks about the soul, and then it talks about the heart. It's all rolled into one component. The place that you have Christ come out more in your flesh is when you work it in your mind. So let's look at a couple of things. Are you ready? I want you to go to verse, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you three things I want you to write down that if you will do these things, that you will be more like Christ, all right? And uh, so we are right on time. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. You say, Pastor, I, wa- I want to be sanctified. I-, I know I'm saved. I know I've been declared righteous. And now I want to be more like Christ. Well, understand that your flesh is what's going to hinder you. Your flesh is your biggest enemy. So how do you serve Christ? You do not serve him in the flesh you serve him in the spirit. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Look at this. Receive ye the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of what? Faith. Then look at verse 3. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the what? Flesh. So understand that there is this in you. 
Do you know how you got saved? And, you know, Kimberly's testimony, everybody's testimony is like, when did the Lord start working on you, Collins? When did the Lord start? Well, well, he started working on me back here. What the books say, that who draws, the Father draws. And if I be lifted up, I will do what, please? Draw. Let me tell you something. Spirit starts working on you. Spirit starts working on you. Spirit starts working on you. And then all of a sudden you're like, I just need to get saved. Keep living that way in your Christian life. Do not all of a sudden drop the Spirit. Say, okay, I got this. No, you don't. It is the Holy Spirit in you. Now, what does the Holy Spirit use? Go to John 17, 17. John 17, 17. Y'all been very delightful. I'm trying to wait till all the lights come on outside so you can see them as you leave. John 17, 17. If you're sitting here saying, Pastor, I want Christ to come out of my life. Who are you in Christ? Your position in Christ is you should be looking more like him. Look at it. John 17, 17. Let's read this together out loud. Are you ready? Begin. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is what? Truth. So listen, how do I become more like Christ now that I've been justified? I've been declared righteous. I've got holiness on the inside. I've got God on the inside. How does he come out? Here, serve him with your mind. And this mind has got to be yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. And what does the Holy Spirit use? Go to Ephesians 6, 17. Ephesians chapter 6 in verse number 17. Guys, if you'll get ready back there, we're getting ready to show that. Ephesians 6, 17. Look at it. And take the helmet of what, please? Amazing how justification is in the same verse. And take the what, please? Helmet of Put it on. I've been justified. Walk around with this knowledge, this confidence, settle it. My niece Paige was very interesting uh, that we're in the truck and, uh, and, and we're talking about salvation. And, uh, and she made a statement uh, that I wish I would have wrote down. But basically she said this, you, you know, Uncle Bob, it, it dawned on me. I, I was saved. This salvation happened to me you know what she said nope I'm putting the helmet on I'm saved exclamation point but then look at what he says in the same verse and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is what the word of God do you know how you do this and you deal with this frustration of how do I become more like Christ? I just, I fail and get up and I fail and get up and I fail and get up and I fail and get up. You know how you do it? Always go back to, I'm saved. And then this is the sword that the Spirit uses to let the holiness come out of you. If you are not yielding to the Spirit of God, and if you have neglected your Bible, then don't expect to become holier. I want you to write down this verse. We're not going to go to it. Write down this verse. Hebrews 4, 12. 
Look it up later. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This word right here will start sorting. Where does it sort at? It sorts in the heart. Listen, it'd be better for you and I to fight the holiness battle in our mind and our heart than have to clean it up, unholiness, when it comes out of our body. Fight it here. Your sanctification. Two verses I want you to write down. I want you to write down Proverbs 24, 16. For a just man does what? Falleth seven times and riseth up what? Again. So understand you're going to fail. You're going to get back up. You're going to fail. You're going to get back up. Now all of us go to 1 John 3, 1 through 3. And if you'll dim the choir lights, if you will. 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 3. Don't, I guess you got to dim me when you dim the choir lights. Okay. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 3. Here is, the, here is what's happening to us on this earth. Let's go to verse number one. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called what, please? The sons of God. Justification. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we, what please, shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be what please, like him. For we shall see him as he is. Look at this. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth what? himself even as he is pure there is no way I can look at your life right now because you're in the middle of sanctification it would be wrong of your pastor to look at you and go well, I know what you're going to happen to you and I know what you're going to become and you're going to become this listen you are in the process of being sanctified and when people come in and say pastor I blew it you're in the process of being sanctified the mere fact that you recognized I got a problem means that you're just in the process of being sanctified. Because guess what? We're all in the process of what is going on with me. But the book tells us that I have this hope he's coming back. And because I have this hope he's coming back, I don't know what I'm going to be but I know this, my goal is not to have that much change have to happen when I see him. When I come home from traveling, I give RG a hug and he goes, you smell like travel. You know what he's saying? Go take a shower because you stink. And guess what? As we travel, I'm going to play a little game. Can we do that? It's the youth pastor coming out of me. You guys ready? Stop. Okay, somebody tell me who it is. Seriously? No, 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 no. You should be able to do it because we do it to people all the time. Keep going. You see, this is sanctification. It doth not yet appear. Stop. It doth not yet appear. 
I, I, mean, I mean, I think I see it. Now, I know who it is because I've watched it 10 times. Does everybody get it? This is who we are right now. It is like, Lord, I do not want to look more like a lost person. God, I want to look more like you. I, but it doth not yet appear. Sanctification is becoming more like Christ. And thank you for coming tonight. And we're going to end it right. Keep going. So it doth not yet appear what it shall be. But, but we know that one day it's going to be very clear of what we were trying to accomplish. I've never had this much attention focused toward the pulpit. Stop. Keep going. It's Grandpa Queen. No. Who is it? Stop. How do you know that's Abraham Lincoln? They're not done yet. Because the distinct features of Abraham Lincoln now appear. And there are some distinct features. Can, it, can, can your pastor get bold as we move on? There are some distinct features that exist in this book that when you do them, you're not complete yet. But they know who you look like. This new commandment I leave with you. That's what the Savior said. That ye what, please? Love one another. By this shall all men know ye are my what? You see, I don't even have to finish it. And if you're sitting here saying, I don't see it, then you must be some from Siberia. <laughs> Keep going. But one day, one day, one day, let that trumpet sound. Let it all be done. And we all will look like him, not him. You can turn the lights on. Thank you very much. Stop Abraham. Okay. Let's all stand, if you will. Let me, let me tell you this, that you right now are still in the process. Wake up every day. Wake up tomorrow and say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm going to use your word. I'm going to use your spirit. And I'm going to keep trying to be more sanctified in who I am. Thank you very much.